It's prove it week for Indiana men's and women's basketball starting tonight in Tennessee for that women's basketball team. You are locked on Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? It is Monday, November 14th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Brood. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. I want to thank Sling, because this episode of Locked On Hoosiers is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchups between IU and Michigan State right here on Sling. Sling the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. A thank you, uh, a sorry for those of you that tried to watch on YouTube on Friday morning. The audio was cut out. For it, it is a long story. It was out of my control. We have an entirely new uh, location we're recording, a site we're recording with. So hopefully those problems are now long gone. Uh, I am not intentionally trying to give you guys a silent film, but... Uh, hopefully that issue is resolved and we won't have more episodes where I am talking to a camera without any sound coming through. Uh, and, but I appreciate you guys for tuning in anyway. I saw the comments. There wasn't anything I could do in the moment. I apologize. Let's talk about this women's basketball team though, because IU is going to Tennessee tonight for what is set to be a really fun a really big prove-it game. Like I said in the open, this is prove-it week for IU basketball. The women are going to Tennessee. The men are going to Xavier. It's different levels of proving it. Uh, but the women, Tennessee is ranked number five. I don't believe the new polls will come out before the game. So it, I think it is technically going to be number 11 IU versus number five Tennessee in this one. Um, I say the, the polls won't come out because Tennessee's not going to be ranked fifth after this game. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Here's everything you need to know about the game. IU versus Tennessee, 6 p.m. tonight at Thomas Bowling Arena in Tennessee. Uh, ESPN2 will have this game. Tennessee is 2-0 against IU all-time. These two teams actually played in the COVID-shortened season uh, in December of 2020. Tennessee won 66-58. It was a game that they controlled throughout. More or less. Allie Patberg had 16 points in that one. Uh, Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes both played in that game, as did a number of other players on the roster. Keandra Brown, um, Chloe Moore McNeil, um, Grace Wagner, uh, although she graduated. So a handful of players played in that game uh, and got a chance to play the volunteers. They obviously look a little bit different this time around. The only other meaning between the two teams uh, came in 1987 when the number one ranked uh, Volunteers beat IU 91 to 59. Uh, it was in a showcase in Cincinnati. Um, that was the last time these two teams met. So, or that was the only two times I should say these two teams met. Now Tennessee's had a bit of a rough one to start the season. Uh, they opened the year against Ohio State and lost. Uh, IU obviously very familiar with Ohio State. Ohio State's press absolutely wreaked havoc on the Volunteers. They turned the ball over in that game 
29 times against that Ohio State press. Uh, and that let Ohio State go from down 12 points in the first quarter to winning by 12. They had a 30 to 13 third quarter uh, that t- put them out in front. And Ohio State on the road, that was in Tennessee as well, come away with a big victory. Um, Tennessee bounced back and beat UMass later in the week, but this is a beatable Tennessee side. Now, the way Ohio State beat them, I don't think is a way that uh, IU is going to try to beat them. I don't suspect IU is going to come out with a press on uh, tonight, but it, the turnover issues are going to, you don't turn the ball over 29 times simply because you're playing against a press. Like that is turnover issues in general. So that could be a way the Hoosiers look to take advantage of um, the, excuse me, that game was at Ohio state, but that could be a way the Hoosiers look to take advantage of this game and take advantage of this Tennessee team, because uh, this is going to be a tough matchup in the, the UMass game. Tennessee still had 18 turnovers in a game they won by nine. Uh, UMass is, I believe, expected to win their conference, the A-10. So um, they have they're, – they're not an easy team, but this has been a rocky start for Tennessee to open the season. This is a team that has high expectations, kind of similar to Indiana. Uh, Tennessee's expectations, obviously, are to, are to play in Final Fours, and they haven't done that in over a decade. Uh, so – this was supposed to be a team that could get them back there. This is going to be an interesting game early in the season because a one and two start does not look very pretty. Uh, if you're a Tennessee team that was expecting big things, IU really has a, a really big opportunity in this one. A couple key players to watch for for the Volunteers: um, Rakia Jackson is the leading scorer on this Tennessee team, sixteen point five points, eight point five rebounds. She is shooting 48% from the field. Obviously, in two games, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Last season, she averaged 20 points on 41% shooting from the field. Uh, Only shot 24% from three. She has not made a three this season. Uh, She is 0 of 2. Uh, That was at Tennessee State. Excuse me, Mississippi State transferred to Tennessee for this uh, season. The other player of note, for the volunteers is Jordan uh, Horston. This season, she is averaging 12.5 points and eight rebounds in those two games. Uh, last season was 16.2 and 9.4 for the volunteers. She shot 37.9% from the field, 38% this year. She's one of three from the three point line uh, this season. So those are going to be the two big names to watch out for. Those two uh, also lead the team in rebounding. Um, it's going to be an interesting battle for the Hoosiers. Uh, Tennessee's averaging 23 and a half turnovers. Obviously 28 of those came in the first game. I think that's going to be a big thing to watch out for. There are only nine of 29 from the three point line. Six of those came from one player. Uh, six of 12 from the three point line is Tess Darby. So she's going to be someone to watch out for. The rest of the team is three of 17 from the three point line. So, it's weird saying this, but that could be an area the Hoosiers have an advantage in because they are looking more and more like a team that can shoot the three ball. Although it was hit and miss on Friday. want to talk about that, uh, game the Hoosiers had on Friday. I know it was a while ago, but, 
uh, see what things that they did in that game that they can take forward with their big win over UMass Lowell in that one. Before we do that, let's talk about upside. Inflation has us all thinking of different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using upside. It is a way to get just free money back in your pocket. Um, You simply download the app and I use it all the time for gas. So there's a gas station nearby. I open the app, uh, drive to the gas station, claim the offer, uh, check in, just say I'm here. Start If you have a location on you, it'll, it'll ask you if you're there and just pump the gas all the same. 24 hours later, you uh, get a notification that money was added to your account. Simple as that. You can use it for groceries, uh, some local restaurants as well. So if you guys want to try that out today, download the free upside app, use the promo code locked, and you're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That is promo code locked to get $5 back on your first purchase of at least $10. Uh, It's free money, guys. There is no reason for you guys not to try this. Let's talk IU versus UMass Lowell on Friday, this was not a game that was close, nor was it really expected to be. IU wins 93-37 to in this one. It was 22-12 to after the first quarter, and then IU outscored um, UMass 47-12 to over the next two quarters, and that will do that. that they, they pulled away in that one. Uh, dominant second and third quarters, and this one was all over. The, the biggest takeaways, obviously three-point shooting is going to kind of continue to be a, a talking point. There's a lot of similar talking points between the men's and women's teams right now. Three-point shooting is going to be a talking point in a different way than it is the men's team. Uh, IU started this game 0 of 7 from 3 in the first quarter. They finished the game in the fourth quarter, which to be fair was largely garbage time. I think it was actually entirely garbage time. 0 of 5. In between that, in between of going 0 for 12, they were 5 of 10 uh, from the three-point line. In the two quarters where they blew the game open, they were 5 of 10. I'm not saying only count those two middle quarters. I'm just saying that was a very streaky performance. And those five threes all came from two people. Sarah Scalia is going to be a shooter. We knew that. Uh, she's done it through the first two games. There's no surprise there. Uh, she was 3 of 7 on the night. So uh, she was three of six in the game against Vermont. She's going to be a knockdown shooter. I use needed that. They were hoping for that through two games. It looks like they can rely on that. Chloe Moore McNeil knocked down a pair of three pointers uh, on three attempts. Uh, She's someone that was a little streaky last season shooting three. She was one of three uh, in the first game. So she's made half of her attempts so far. Everyone else struggled. Uh, Sydney Parrish missed all three. Caitlin Peterson missed all three. Uh, you had a couple bench players, Monica Zarich, Henna Sandvik, um, both missed uh, the former two attempts, the latter one. Uh, Alyssa Geary missed her only attempt. Yarden Garzon uh, cooled off significantly. Uh, not to say she still isn't impressive as a freshman, but it was not quite uh, the encore to her first game of the season. Four points, a couple of assists, a rebound. Uh, was two of three from the field, but 0 of one from three. Grace Berger missed her only attempt. So um, 
it wasn't the best shooting display. We'll see. It's gonna. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to be put to a stress test tonight. Three-point shooting is going to be one of them. It's one thing to do it against Vermont or at times against UMass Lowell. Uh, if they can do it against Tennessee, there aren't going to be many teams they face that they won't be able to do it against. So we'll see how the Hoosiers can create and potentially make shots in this one. Mackenzie Holmes continues to look really good. She's obviously going to get a hell of a test tonight. Uh, we talked about the players to watch out for, the the bigs for um, Rakia Jackson specifically for Tennessee. It's going to be a test. Look, at this point, I, there might not be anybody that I would take in the country over Mackenzie Holmes when she's at her best. And through two games, albeit games we can't take a lot away from, she looks like she's something close to her best. Uh, she's been someone, when healthy, that has been a big game player. She stepped up in the biggest games for the Hoosiers early in the season last year. Um, if she can do that, then this could be a big night for her in Indiana tonight. She looked good on Friday, finished with 17 points in 17 minutes, 7 of 8 from the field, 5 rebounds, a couple of assists, a couple blocks. Uh, she's moving up that all-time blocks leaderboard as well. Um, Sydney Parrish, despite missing all three of her threes, I thought still played a strong game. She was three of four inside the arc. Uh, had a couple different and ones, went three of six at the line. She grabbed eight rebounds on the night, which is going to be valuable. IU grabbed 45 rebounds as a team to 34 for UMass Lowell, and it was a lot of... Sydney Parrish led the team with eight, but it was a lot of Holmes with five, Chloe Moore McNeil with four, Grace with four, Lily Meister with four, Alyssa Geary with four. Um, so it was a lot of people chipping in, which uh, is nice to see because that means it's team rebounding and that's what you're going to need uh, in these bigger games is having everybody chip in and grab rebounds and fight for boards. So, I like seeing that, especially heading into the contest tonight. Um, IU's going to be able to fight on the boards with just about anybody. We mentioned Garzon. Another uh, interesting note, and again, we'll see how much this happens tonight. Lexus Bargesser continues to play minutes with the in the kind of regular rotation. The freshman comes in, played 19 minutes, was 4 of 7 from the field, uh, 9 points, 2 assists, a rebound. Five steals obviously is the big noteworthy one. IU had 16 steals. Um, the uh, UMass Lowell had 25 turnovers. IU's defense is legitimate. Like I, there, There's no questions about that, which is impressive considering what they lost. But this is another one of those things. IU can go seven, eight, nine deep against Vermont, against UMass Lowell. Are they going to do that against Tennessee? How deep is Terry Morin willing to go in this game? Um, I think this is a chance where you can try a lot of things out and figure out if some of these players can handle uh, playing in this type of environment. I use probably not going to play a game any tougher in terms of environment than playing at Tennessee tonight. Uh, you obviously have the Iowa games coming up, but or later in the season, not necessarily coming up, but there, this is going to be about as tough as it gets for a, a kind of a road crowd to play at Tennessee so if you can hang at Tennessee, you're going to be able to hang in pretty much all the Big Ten arenas and venues as well, uh, Iowa being kind of the other big challenge late in the season. 
So we'll see. Is our freshman like Lexus Bargasser? We saw more Lily Meister on Friday. Are they going to be able to play more yard and guards on as well? Another freshman that um, has the highs and lows. What's she going to play like? I don't have any worries about Mackenzie Holmes, Grace Berger, even Chloe Moore McNeil played in a lot of really big games last year. Sarah Scalia is a, a veteran. I don't have a lot of worries about. Um, Sydney Parrish, I'm sure, played in a lot of big games out west. It's going to be some of those younger players, um, some of the players who haven't played in some of these bigger co- or bigger matchups that um, we're going to find out a lot about uh, tonight. So it's going to be a big one. I'm really excited for this. Like I said, it's a week where IU is going to prove itself on both the men's and women's side, for better or for worse. We're going to learn a lot about this IU team tonight. And I'm excited to find out what uh, what IU's going to excel at, what they might need work at. Uh, this is what's really fun about these early season matchups. Unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about the football team who got throttled kind of as expected. And again, unfortunately, on Saturday, I want to also talk about the IU other football team, the soccer team. We haven't talked a lot about them this season. They played in the Big Ten title game on Sunday. Talk about both of those here in a moment. First, though, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind this the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Michael Penix's 62-yard touchdown to Taj Davis. Uh, late in the fourth quarter in Washington's 37-34 win against Oregon, a huge win for them. If you thought I was talking about an exciting moment for IU football, you are wrong. I am supporting Washington football. You can look. Uh, those watching on YouTube will get a good laugh out of the shirt that I am holding up and I am wearing today. Uh, that is a tease to go subscribe to YouTube. I am supporting Michael Penix, and that was, man, that was an absolute dart he threw uh, down the sideline, right in front of the defender. And then Davis took it to the house. Washington, 8-2 uh, and two on the season, upsetting Oregon. Uh, they're going to go to a, a hell of a bowl game. I don't think the, the Pac-12 title game, I'm not sure what the the standings look like there, but I, we're, we're, we're big Washington football fans here is what I'll say. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available at NissanUSA.com. IU got beaten badly, we'll say, at Ohio State on Saturday. Not unexpected. The big storylines from this one, it was a 56-14 win for Ohio State. They outgained the Hoosiers 662 to 269. Um, I watched half this. I listened to half this. Dexter Williams. So Connor Bazak started the game. Sounded like the plan all along was to get Dexter Williams in. I might be wrong. Obviously, I was watching from home. Connor Bazak didn't look healthy, didn't look right. Dexter Williams comes in. He finished his 6 of 19, which isn't great, but he threw for two touchdowns. Again, the offense has a certain 
I don't even know how you describe it. Just a, a greater energy to it with him out there. He rushed 16 times for 46 yards. Like you're going to have to put him out there as long as this offensive line is this bad, because at least he can evade people in the backfield. It's a really sad way of looking at it, but that's where we're at with IU football. Um, Bazak only threw five times, three completions, 12 yards. It was really bad play calling. He was really unable to move. Um, I don't know that you can put Bazak out there anymore. Dexter Williams, just figure out what you got with him. Play him the last two games of the season, Michigan State and Purdue. See if there's going to be a QB battle next season. Um, I, I, I'm so dispirited by... IU football, as long as that offensive line is as bad as it is, it really doesn't matter who you put out there. But um, receiving-wise, Donovan McCauley caught a touchdown. A.J. Barner caught a touchdown. Anderson Kobe had a big catch for 49 yards. Um, Dexter Williams has an arm. Uh, Donovan McCauley almost came down with a really big pass in the first half as well. Um, He kind of mistimed his jump. Dexter Williams underthrew him a little bit. But, I mean, the ball went like – 50 yards in the air. Like he has a huge arm. It's just about kind of learning the moments and when to use it and timing and obviously whatnot. Uh, so just keep putting him out there. I said this before, keep putting Jalen Lucas out there. Keep putting Donovan McCauley out there, figure out what you got. Uh, Deshaun McCullough had a couple bright moments. Um, he he's, he's a lot of fun. He's a highlight. We'll see what his future holds. Uh, Aaron Casey continues to be a standout in Cam Jones's absence. So it, I, it's kind of the same old song and dance. I, I don't mean to sound as dispirited as I do, but um, I don't really know what you can really do with IU at this point. Like It's really the same problems that have plagued them and on both sides of the field. They can't tackle defensively. They're giving up huge plays in the secondary offensively they can't block so uh ohio state can finish with um a tons of tackles 10 tackles for loss four sacks three qb hurries um all those seem less than what it felt like watching the game it's the same same story that's plagued them it's going to be the same story for the last two games well we're going to have a crossover episode it won't be a bonus episode it'll be one of the regular episodes this week previewing the michigan state game later in the week so We'll get, um, we'll look at IU's chances in that one later in the week. Indiana versus Rutgers men's soccer for the Big Ten title took place on Sunday afternoon. Uh, well, at noon exactly. It was in Rutgers. IU entered this tournament as the number four seed, beat Penn State, beat the number one seed Maryland Terrapins uh, on the road to set up a Big Ten title game in Rutgers. The amazing stat in this one, it was the sixth straight Big Ten title game that IU has played in. They obviously have not won all those. They did not win the one on Sunday, spoiler alert. Uh, But the fact that they have gotten to six straight Big Ten title games is remarkable. And so we will... I mean, it, it says a lot about IU soccer program. Not that I'm speaking to the choir, I know, but just one of those stats. Uh, this game was level at the half. Uh, Rutgers scored very early on on a bad giveaway from IU. Matthew Acosta scored. 
IU leveled the scoring. Patrick McDonald uh, late in the first half, assisted by Ryan Wittenbrink. Now, second half, (laughs) Rutgers scored to go ahead on an Olympico, which those that don't know, if you know what a corner kick is, they just kicked the ball into the goal from the corner kick, which is incredibly rare, incredibly difficult. And look, if you're going to lose a Big Ten title game, a conference championship, losing on an Olympico is you tip your hat to that one. Uh, that was one hell of a a goal, a moment. Um, if IU had done it, I would have lost my mind and we would have led the show talking about it. But Rutgers did it. Kudos to them. They sealed the game late. IU kind of going for it to try to tie the game, uh, miss tackle, um, ball bouncing around a little bit. They slot it home to seal that one and come away with a 3-1 victory. IU finishes 10-4-6 and six, uh, on the season, 3-1-4 and four in conference play. Um, they're, going, they're going to the NCAA tournament. They'll have a postseason still, um, but... We'll know more about that later in the week. Uh, I believe the draw is later this week. Um, If I'm not mistaken, it took place on Thursday last year, I believe. Uh, But we'll see. We'll get you everything set up for when that draw will take place. And we'll let you know who the Hoosiers are going to be playing. It's not going to be... I don't imagine they're going to be a seeded team. um, Because they struggled this year, obviously having to replace Bezerra, having to replace Roman Celentano. Uh, but this is still a team that even in a down year is going to the NCAA tournament. And so still impressive from them. We'll get you everything else to see how their uh, postseason is going to shape up here later this week. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow. To recap this IU women's basketball game, uh, get you all set with how the Hoosiers played, what to take away from it, everything of note. Tune into this one, guys. It should be a fun one. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcasts, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, all of that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, everybody make sure that they have a great Monday. Hope your week starts off well. And LEO.